Here we are, November 29th, and we're right on the edge of this month wrapping up. And November is Diabetes Awareness Month in Canada, so we got to sneak this guest in before we don't have time to do it. More than 300,000 Canadians have type 1 diabetes. Type 1 diabetes is a disease in which the pancreas does not produce any insulin. We don't know what causes it, but it is very important that you manage the level of your uh, blood sugar uh, in order to survive. Mark Buckles, our guest, he's an engineer living with type 1 diabetes. Welcome to the program, Mark. Good to have you on. Hey, Kelly. Thanks for having me on. Talk a little bit about the challenges of uh, living with diabetes and, and also the challenges that you're presented with on the job. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I've had diabetes for a long time. Um, about I'm coming on my 23rd year now. Um, so I, I'm definitely used to living with it. Um, but it's one of those things that no matter how long you have it, you still have to deal with it on a day-to-day basis. And um, to be honest, it's a 24-hour job itself. Okay, so give me an idea. Walk me through a job. What do you have to do to make sure you actually just stay healthy? Absolutely. So some of the ones, some of the things that most people are familiar with is that um, you you have to administer yourself insulin based on the amount of sugars or carbohydrates that you have in the run of a day. Um, but there's a lot more to it than that. That is kind of the heavy hitter, but there's also other things like the amount of fat and the amount of protein that I have as well. Um, that's going to slow down the absorption time and my digestion time, so I have to be able to dose my insulin knowing that at the same time. Um, then there's there's other stuff. So there's uh, things that can kind of tend to raise your blood sugar. It could be anything from lack of sleep or even excessive sleep. It can be weight gain. It can be illness infection, intense exercise um, can actually cause a blood sugar spike, which is contrary to what most people think. Um, and then you also have anxiety and stress and depression, which can have hormonal effects that can cause blood sugars to fluctuate. Um, on the other side of it, things that might lower my blood sugars might look like um, heat and humidity, being in hot environments, um, previous intense exercise, which will make me more sensitive to my insulin. Um, alcohol can have a different effect and lower your blood sugars hours later. Um, and then there's different medications, and each in their own can have their own different impacts on blood sugars. So these are just kind of some of the things that I have to consider as inputs for what my blood sugar output is going to look like. And, um, yeah, as uh, Mark, if, if your sorry. level goes high or if it goes too low, what are, you, what are you at risk of? Like, could it be as serious as a coma? Right. So uh, the hyperglycemia is your high blood sugar. Um, that can really uh, that doesn't tend to be the danger, short-term dangerous one. The low blood sugar or hypoglycemia is what can lead to um, very severe dizziness and potentially going in um, a coma if you don't catch it. If you don't uh, tend to your blood sugars fast enough. Um, on the other side of it, the high blood sugar, if it's not treated for for a, a extended period of time, you can find yourself in diabetic ketoacidosis, and that can eventually lead to a coma state as well. So you're an engineer. I mean, you have a pretty important job. Does this affect your personal life? Because it seems like you got you have to keep track of a lot of things that are going on, from the amount of sleep that you get to how healthy you are to what you're putting into your body. To, it, it, it must be overwhelming. Yeah, it's, it's definitely a challenge. Um, I won't downplay it. It is, it is tough. Um, but luckily, uh, being where we are today, and, and there's some fantastic technologies out, and I've been fortunate enough to be able to get my hands on some of this stuff, 
which has not made it perfect, but it's, it's eased the burden big time and it's made it a lot easier to get through the run of a day and especially at work, especially when I'm trying to do other things, um, when I'm in meetings, trying to meet uh, budgets or meet project deadlines and um, just having these technologies at hand really have helped me out. What are the technologies you're talking about? So when I was 10, I got my hands on my first uh, insulin pump and I was very fortunate to be able to do that at such an early age. Um, and then since then, there was about a 10, 15 year period where not much had changed. A couple of new insulin pumps came out. Um, but uh, just three years ago, actually, I got my hands on my first continuous glucose monitor, CGM. And that's been the biggest game changer for me since the insulin pump. Okay, so the um, insulin pump, for those of us that don't have diabetes and aren't aware of it, does that keep, uh, is that, do you use that instead of uh, injecting yourself uh, with a syringe? Exactly. So, yeah, I used, to, um, I used to inject myself with a syringe about three to four times a day with short-term insulin and then once a day for, with long-term insulin. So it took away five injections daily and made it one every three days. Is that covered by uh, your insurance or at least by OHIP? That, is, that was covered by my, uh, when I was younger, it was covered by my parents' insurance. And um, I had to get a new one just a couple of years ago. And I was fortunate enough because I was no longer under um, my parents' insurance and um, my work private insurance covered it. Um, unfortunately, being where I'm in Newfoundland, um, not everybody over the age of 25 gets the coverage, um, or even under 25 get the coverage on insulin pumps. Okay, so they're not covered by the government. Um, the, what about the continuous glucose monitoring system that you've got? Right, so no public coverage on that as well. Um, I'm fortunate enough because I am with a company where the uh, benefits uh, company or the provider does provide me with coverage for CGM. Should we not be looking at covering, you know, these insulin pumps? And, and I mean, I guess it's a loaded question. You've got type 1 diabetes. That would be a great thing if we covered it with OHIP and our uh, provincial uh, health plans, as well as the glucose monitoring system, because that would keep a lot of people out of the emergency room, no? Exactly. And that's, and that's kind of the argument that I don't understand from our government members is that they, they use the argument that the technologies themselves are too expensive. Um, but if you look at an insulin pump, which could cost about five dollars $6,000, and a CGM, which might run five dollars $6,000 annually, um, but you compare that to the average stay of somebody at, uh, at the ER, as listed by the Canadian Health Institute, um, is $6,000 daily. So you compare a one-time payment of $6,000 or even over a year, and you compare that to an ER visit, and it's not even in the same ballpark. How many times have you found yourself in the ER or hospitalized due to your type 1 diabetes? Uh, about four times over my entire life of having it, and uh, two of them were over the last couple of years within, uh, within the same month. And that was before I got my hands on a CGM. And I, since I've been using a CGM, I haven't had any of those visits. And CGM is Continuous Glucose Monitoring System. Tell me a little bit about that system. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, how that works is I wear a little patch on my arm. And it's, it's very, I don't notice it at all just being on me. Um, you took a little I, look at it there, didn't you? Yeah, I did. I, I, always, tell. I always give it. I give it a little tap just to make sure it's still there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it uh, it reads the uh, 
the glucose levels in your interstitial fluids, which is essentially the fluid that sits in between your fat cells. And, and that's very accurate towards uh, how much sugar is sitting in your bloodstream. And that will feed into my smartphone. That's through Bluetooth. It sends my readings to my smartphone, and it gives it in a, a nice graph form so I can see whether my blood sugars are trending low and high. And the beauty of it is that I can catch lows or low blood sugars, and I can catch high blood sugars well before they happen. Um, so it allows me to be a lot more proactive and, and preventative. And what do you do? Do you have to eat something, or do you up your insulin from your pump, or how does that work? Right. So sometimes I don't really have to do much at all. I set my alerts um, in terms of uh, how, how low I want it to go. So if I, if I am sitting in a meeting and I know I'm going to be in there for two hours talking, um, I can actually set it up to give me a notification if I start going low. And at that point, I know I don't want to go low in the meeting, so it's worth it for me just to step outside for a minute, go treat myself to some sugar. Um, I can even bring in glucose tablets in the meeting with me and just pop them right at the table. Um, so there's, there's various ways that I, I go about treating myself, um, but I, now that I have a CGM, I'm able to do that well ahead of time versus how I used to be able to do it before. If people without diabetes could take one thing away from this conversation, what would you like it to be? Um, I, I would like it to be that the importance of advocating because I used to not really speak up about the importance of these technologies. Um, I was with a couple of companies beforehand that didn't provide the insurance, and when I eventually started speaking up about it and I went to one of my previous employers and told them the benefits of it, not just for me, um, but for them uh, in terms of, you know, lost time and increased productivity, it's, it's, it's really something that makes me perform much better and therefore will bring earned value to them. So um, it's very important to advocate. The more people that speak up about it, the more awareness is going to be brought about it, and therefore we're going to have, um, you know, a greater chance for success in terms of getting public coverage and a continued chance of getting even better private coverage as well. Um, we're currently looking at about 85% of private insurance groups cover CGMs, so there's still that remaining 15% that uh, I feel that everybody should cover it. Well, hopefully, Mark, you have convinced some people listening to the program today to make sure that that is part of their uh, benefit package and their health insurance package at work. I really appreciate your time. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Absolutely, Kelly. Thank you very much for having me on. Thanks for being here. Mark Buckle is an engineer living with type 1 diabetes in November. Is type is uh, Diabetes Awareness Month here in uh, in Canada. So it's good that we got him on before December rears its ugly head, and apparently it's going to.